3: The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. In, touchdown,
4: touchdown
5: Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers radio network. You
6: know, obviously for us, you know, we, we know, that every guy in that locker room knows, we know that that wasn't good enough. Um, that was a game that uh, we had a chance to win. It was 10-10 going into the fourth quarter. And... Um, uh, got away from us. Could not, you know, could not make the plays at the end to go win the football game.
5: And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium.
3: It's Panther Talk, Monday, October third, coming to you on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Carolina one and three after a loss to Arizona over the weekend. And let's get right to it. Let's bring in the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, uh, Matt Rule. Uh, coach, let's start with just the health of this team. I know some some key injuries, Jeremy Chin, Laviska Chenault. Uh, what updates, if any, can you provide on those two?
6: Yeah, just, uh, you know, both those guys got banged up in the game, uh, you know, with some strains to their hamstrings. Um, you know, both look like they were, you know, pretty significant injuries. Obviously could not come back into the game, so – uh, we will have to wait. Uh, you know, we get guys are getting MRIs. We'll have to wait and see um, how long those injuries will be.
7: And without getting super detailed on, on our side, you a lot of times you say the game ends and you've got to go back, look at the tape. So you've had a chance to go through it from your coaching. eye. what, what do you go back and what are the things that, uh, that stick out to you from the game yesterday?
6: Well, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think our, you know, our defense played inspired football. I thought they, uh, did a really nice job. Um, and, uh, you know, gave us a chance to win. Um, at the end of the day, you know, just uh, offensively uh, unable to stay on the field and una- unable to uh, win third down and, 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 you know, keep the defense off the field, you know, uh, move the football, had the ball twice down across the 50 and, and resulted in turnovers. So uh, to me, at the end of the day, the, the, the keys were you know three, three giveaways that, that uh, you know, allowed them to go score uh, 10 points off the turnovers and not being able to execute on third down.
1: And coach, how do you handle? And I say this delicately. How do you handle the frustration of your quarterback uh, with the batted balls, and and not let him get so frustrated that it consumes him that he cannot do his job? Yeah,
6: I, I think uh, you know, j- just uh, j- just trusting our coaches and, and, and trusting our players just to keep working at the at the things that are that are affecting us. You know, obviously, you know, five batted balls in a game was a factor, right? One leading to. Uh, Takeaway one leading to a fourth down stop. And so uh, going back, you know, and just um, objectively looking at what we can do to improve that, whether it be the blocking, whether it be the play selection, whether it be the quarterback's technique, and then trying to, trying to, to, to turn that tide around. So uh, I just think in times like this where, you know, the guys are disappointed, you know, it was a game that we felt like we had a chance to win, uh, got away from us in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, we have to, we have to be just very, very singular minded and, and try to, try to improve the things that are causing us, you know, that that caused us last night to
3: lose. Coach, in the three losses, um, time of possession has been slanted in the opponent's favor. What's the value that you put on that statistic, time of possession?
6: I I think it, you know, I think it has a lot of value. I think it's one of the key factors that's affecting us right now. Uh, You know, the defense, uh, you know, not being able to, basically for uh, really – I guess the last three games that we played. I mean, the, the 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 first half was you know basically a, a shutout. You know, I mean, you know, you know they had scored two field goals against the Giants with off of turnovers, but really our defense, you know, playing tremendous in the first half. But if you get worn down, if 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 uh, if you have to be on the field too much, it's going to affect you late in the fourth quarter. And so I, I love our guys on defense. They don't make excuses. They don't take that as an excuse. But we've got to be better in terms of um, uh, not having not having penalties. Uh, excuse me, not having turnovers and, and winning third down so they we can stay on the field and give our defense the break needs.
7: I know overall, as you said, the defense played well. Did, did you feel like they did a really good job against Kyler Murray for the most part? Obviously, you don't win the game, but the, to hold him to 200 yards, to hold him to two yards per run and, and 26 yards, sounds like you would take that moving into a ball game like that as being a positive result. That should have uh, helped you win the game.
6: Yeah, you know when I watched the defensive line play on the on the defensive tape, it uh, was—I'll be honest with you—it was inspiring. Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis, Etor, Haynes, Burns—they all played their best games. I mean, they they collapsed the pocket, they rushed, they made plays on the zone read, they made you know made fourth and one stops. Um, You know, add into that the linebackers: Shaq Thompson, Frankie Lou, Corey, Damian. I mean, there were a, a ton of guys playing really well against an excellent quarterback. And he got outside the pocket a couple times. You know, he had some quarterback runs. He made some plays. You um, know, really, really three deep balls one penalty and, and, and two, two, uh, two fades, an inside fade for a touchdown, and then the fade on third down down the left side. Those were really the only plays that, uh, that affected us. I thought, uh, I thought uh, our guys played exceptional football in the defensive front.
1: And, and, and Coach, you, you mentioned that about how good the defense played, but you talked about the war of attrition, about them maybe getting a little maybe tired or just maybe a little unfocused. How do you also stop the part that happens, and I know this is a defensive player, that I try to do maybe a little bit too much and do my other guy's job. Uh, and so I might be trying to help out the linebacker a little bit when I should be in the deep post or something like that. So how do you guard against that with a defense that's playing well Um that that could possibly happen.
6: Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think Coach Snow and his staff do a really good job of, of, of having everybody just focus on doing their job, and um certainly not perfect. You know, a couple of scramble plays where the ball, you know, came out of coverage and they were able to find somebody and make a play. I think it's you know really at, at the end of the day for our guys on defense, just about going back to the tape, keep keep coaching the tape, keep correcting it, keep keep finding the things that we can be better at. Um, I know how badly those guys want to win. You know, I I know Brian and some of those guys after the game talking about, you know, the fourth quarter and and, and winning the game in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's coming back on Mondays, you know, whether you win or you lose and, and, and making the corrections, doing the coaching guys, accepting the teaching. And, um, when you have guys doing that, that's why guys are playing some of their best football. That's why guys are improving because they have a a spirit of improvement. They're trying to get better. um, and they're listening to the things that can help them get better.
7: Definitely so. Well, we we get asked things during the day. We're doing these shows and so forth. And one of the things I've been asked: you know, Baker threw thirty six attempts, and the team ran thirteen times. Uh, McCaffrey eight eight rushing attempts. Was it a, a lack of success in running, or what kind of led, especially in the second half, to much more passing and, and not as much running?
6: Well, I think really, you know, the first drive we came out, we ran it twice, and then didn't convert on third down. Uh, the next drive, I think we ran it once and then didn't convert on, you know, I think it was four plays on third down. We only had seven plays in the in the third quarter. So it goes back to me to, to kind of where I talked about was, um, uh, you know, staying on the field and having attempts. You know, I mean, at the, you know, at, at our best, you know, we want to be in the 65 to 70 play range. You know, we continue to be in the 50s because of turning the ball over and because of third down. So. Um, I think we had a plan, you know, plan to run the football. We knew that there was, you had some success early on. I think Baker was seven of his first nine or seven of his first 10 with some easy completions. And um, uh, once we got to the fourth quarter, you know, once we were down, you know, three, and then unfortunately had the tip ball interception that put us down 10, the game kind of changed from there, um, you know, where we had to go into the two minute mode and try to go down the field.
3: Panthers head coach, Matt rule, joining us here on Panther talk coach. Appreciate it.
7: Thank you. Coach. Thank you guys. Thank you.
3: That's Matt Rule. Panthers, uh, again, coming off a 26-16 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. They have one more game on this three-game homestand. It wraps up Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers, who, by the way, are playing tonight. So, uh, tonight we get a a sneak peek not just at the Week 5 opponent, also the Week 6 opponent, San
1: Fran against L.A. And San Fran is, you know, just defensively is a really good, Mm -hmm. very good defensive team. And so um, it's a team that can also put some points on the board. So it's a team that can get after you, too. And so based on what we saw the last couple of weeks, you know, uh, and I know they got a game tonight, you know, that's a tall order at times. And so they're very, very good. So the Panthers are going to have to be exceptional. I'm hoping for a very physical game that goes to overtime tonight. They're exhausted. Yeah, the way up Until like next time this week.
7: And Coach did mention today, uh, we watched his uh, press conference, uh, the question of, uh, again, just in terms of options, you know where Sam Darnold is in his recovery from a high ankle sprain, and he's not ready this week, may or may not be ready next week, but he's uh, uh, by calendar he's allowed to be cleared this week, but that's not going to happen. So they're, they're rolling with Baker. So, I mean, they they've, you know, have to fix and, and move forward with uh, getting Baker in this offense in the passing game going the right direction.
3: Yeah, that's the missing piece right now. You watch this team, this defense – Really, after that first game. you know They had some tackling issues. They cleaned that up right after Cleveland. This defense has kept them in pretty much every single game offensively, save for that fourth quarter against Cleveland. Panthers have just struggled to find that groove. They get another chance at it this Sunday against San Francisco. We'll dive more into that. We'll dive more into the 49ers as well. Mike Yam from the NFL Network, who spent a lot of time covering the 49ers in preseason, will join us, give us a little insight on the week five opponent that's coming up on Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
5: This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. You know, I think it's
6: like anything else, man. You, you, we're gonna we're gonna go back and watch the tape. We're gonna evaluate it. We're gonna look at it. Look at you know, hey, what we're doing, how we're doing it, who's doing it, all those different things. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to win a game in this league when you know when, when you're not scoring points. I know we have the guys to score points. Um, we have opportunities, and they're just not quite going our way. We're not quite, you know, uh, making it happen. And so. Um, if we get that corrected, you know, then then I think we you know I think we can see some guys because you know you we watch Christian running down the middle in that four verticals and catch the ball you know five verticals really you watch DJ get open and run after the catch and you know that you know that the the potential's there we just have to you know we have to be way way more consistent and I think the biggest thing is we have to convert third downs and stay on the field you know we're just uh, we're just not getting that done at a high enough level.
3: Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Anish Shroff Jim Zoki Eugene Robinson with you Panther Talk continues. Carolina wraps up its three-game homestand this coming weekend. They'll take on the San Francisco 49ers and we bring in a guest who has uh, spent some time around the 49ers, Mike Yam, NFL Network formerly of the Pac-12 Network formerly of ESPN. Filled in on Jim Rome the other day. We see you everywhere Mike, appreciate you coming on. I am what I am.
1: This <laughs> how to do that. Come on.
2: I always appreciate the invite. I mean, she forgot to say formally you and me late night on ESPN News like a decade ago. Actually, probably more than a decade ago at this point, but always appreciate the invite. We had some good times, man, back in the
3: day. We did. We we stayed up till 3 a.m., sometimes waiting for Laker press conferences to come on so we could go home. But I digress. Um, Mike, I want to start with the 49ers offense because much was made of what Trey Lance could bring to the table. He gets hurt, but... As we sit here going into the Monday night game between the Niners and the Rams, what's been the bigger loss for the Niners, Trey Lance or Mike McDaniel? You know,
2: I'll take it actually a step further. You know, what we're going to see with Trent Williams not playing over the next couple of weeks or so I think is actually more significant. But you're right. The Mike McDaniel piece is fascinating just based off of what we've seen from a Miami perspective. But make bones about it. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind. I actually still feel like this team is better suited to win football games this season with Jimmy G as their starting quarterback. I think there's a lot of reasons why you can point to the struggles that we've seen, you know, over the last week and change or so. This is a guy that obviously doesn't have his offensive coordinator like he used to, like you made reference to with McDaniel. Brian Greasy is a guy that was, you know, calling Monday night football games and is now his offensive coordinator, still coming off a shoulder surgery, didn't have a preseason, didn't have a playbook. He wasn't expected to be with this team. So for as much as things are the same, there are some differences here i still feel confident in jimmy's ability to win some football games and he's had success you know obviously against the rams in the regular season we don't have to talk necessarily about what happened in the nfc championship game but i i still think this team is capable of making a run
1: do you say that about jimmy g because he has the command of the offense uh he knows in and out what makes you think that that you say that
2: Yeah, look, I think it's the command that you just made reference to. I still look at the pieces that are in place. We saw Kittle make his debut. I still feel confident in Debo being one of the more explosive guys uh, in the NFL. Brandon Ayuk, the chemistry that he had with Trey Lance that, and I saw it in person, I was impressed by that. I think, you know, him and Jimmy need to be sort of on the same page. There's enough offensively in terms of weapons for this team where I still feel confident. And look, as as much as the Trent Williams situation, I think is really significant. It's the best offensive lineman in, in the NFL. I still look at this defense and say, hey, top five potential by season's end. What this team does defensively, I still think will dictate where this team ends up by the end of the season.
7: You mentioned George Kittle making his debut, and when he was healthy, he was one of the top, I'd say, at least three tight ends in the entire NFL. Is he close to 100% or, like, how healthy is he? Are we seeing George Kittle at his best right now? Is he still making his way back?
2: Yeah, I think he's relatively healthy right now, and I just – look, I think it's easy to point to Denver and what we saw from the Broncos and that result. I think we can still – say, Hey, Denver's still got a pretty good defense as well. So, as much as there's been some limitations for this offense, and we can point to, like, hey, Jimmy didn't play great, and, you know, how healthy is Kittle? I, you know, at the end of the day, we still might be talking about Denver's one of the better defenses in the NFL. There's some issues that this team needs to navigate, and it really everyone needs to be on the same page. Offensively, that was a tough game for everyone to watch, what we saw in week number three. But getting back to Kittle here, I, I do think we see more. More of Jimmy and George to those guys thriving even tonight.
1: So you mentioned that the San Francisco uh, 49ers have a great defense, and I agree with you. So what problems will that defense present for the Carolina Panthers?
2: Guys, to be honest with you, and you guys have a closer eye on Carolina than I do, but I don't. I don't think you need to be an elite defense to to really match up against Carolina. And I know the fans probably hate hearing it, but you know the Panthers, what they're doing offensively right now, there's some real struggles and you and I've talked about this and and was super excited when you got this gig, you know, I, I got to watch Christian McCaffrey a ton when he was in college. I knew he'd be electric, but the reality is guys, you can't rely on one player every single week to have multiple explosive plays and say, Hey, that's the recipe and the equation for us to have success. There's more to it. Baker hasn't been good. Those ten batted balls and, and Anish, when you're in the booth calling that, I'm sure you're ready to pull your hair out. I mean, that is that's frustrating, I think, for every single fan, uh, to have to to deal with. So to answer your question, I don't even know if it's a Niners issue. I, I think it's more, hey, how does Carolina get back on track offensively?
7: Anisha's hair is much too glorious to ever
3: pull out. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not pulling out the hair, Mike, not yet. I got some grays yep, coming yep. in, but, but you know, there's there's solutions oh, I for hear that. Ya.
2: Um, I, I hear you on that. Your COVID haircut, or lack thereof, by the way, was
3: pretty epic. I, it's, 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 we, we need a simulcast now. Uh, <laughs> Mike, one of the issues for the Niners, though, you mentioned Trent Williams being out. This was a big part of it, but it's past protection. And whether it's Trey Lance or it's Jimmy Garoppolo back there, they've struggled to protect the quarterback. And uh, the Panthers defensively have been pretty good so far. And, and they're getting after the quarterback, and they're creating some havoc What ails this offensive line besides just Trent Williams being out?
2: Yeah, I think it's a really good point that you're bringing up. One, I do think you'll see quicker passes in this offense. Kyle Shanahan, and we're seeing it on full display with Mike McDaniel, the movement, pre-snap movement that we're seeing is really significant and I think creates problems for defenses. You're right on hitting on Trent Williams, but I also think the run game has been been a problem for this team. And no, Elijah the last Mitchell. few years for the Niners, exactly, man. Like that, that's a real problem for this team. And, and to be fair, I actually think that might be a little bit of an issue tonight uh, against the Rams. But to me, it's it's not only a combination of you know Jimmy being able to figure out you know how do I get the ball out faster what's Kyle Shanahan going to do to put him in those comfortable situations? And, you know, Debo can only do so much. He's that Swiss Army knife that's out there on a consistent basis. But you can see sort of the the wear and tear at times. I mean it's a big point of contention obviously with the contract and the extension that he got. But I do think you'll see more quick passes to Debo to try to get try to speed up the game a little bit against Carolina.
7: All right, Niners playing the Rams tonight. And while coaches can only look one week at a time, we can look too because we're broadcasters. And we got the Rams the next (laughs) week after that. Obviously, they're very good and they're coming off the Super Bowl and Super Bowl hangovers and so forth. But they've not been, you know, explosive. They haven't been special. Uh, Do you see that evolving and getting back to that? Or is there something missing without OBJ? Or what, what do you see with the Rams offense and what's going on with them right now?
2: Yeah, look, I, I do think they miss OBJ, and I think you bringing him up makes it interesting over the next few weeks as he get as he gets healthier. Where is that spot going to be? I still would be shocked if he doesn't figure out a way, um, and that front office doesn't figure out a way to bring him back into the fold. I'm almost surprised here, guys, like the feast or famine at times nature of, of Matthew Stafford. We're seeing these turnovers early that uh that this offense has had to go and deal with and you know to me that's a little bit of a concern you know there's still a two-on-one football team you know the, the game against buffalo was ugly i think for everyone to watch and not expected but you know the win against atlanta I actually think the Falcons are are a pretty good football team, and, and thus, you know, get back to five hundred yesterday with that win. The Arizona game was on the road for them. This is a tough matchup, but I think offensively seeing more of those weapons and less turnovers for Stafford, I think that's been the costly issue as we're trying to find more momentum on the offensive side.
1: Is the Super Bowl hangover, or is it more that the other teams, you know, they've seen what you've done, they know that you're Super Bowl champs, and then they're going to give you their best?
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's the latter, but – let's have this conversation next week and see what happens tonight after the San Francisco game. Cause let's be real here. They go on the road. If they're able to get the win tonight, I still think that's a pretty good Niners team. A road victory puts you at three and one. It's maybe a, a tough way to get that taste out of your mouth from what happened in the opener yeah. with everyone watching against Buffalo, but sitting three and one getting some of these wins Stafford looks good. You know, I, I think the perception of this team is, is slightly different.
3: Mike, I'll leave you with this. Um, yeah. Let's bring it back to the NFC South. Yeah, a silver lining here for the Panthers. Yes, they're 1-3, and three, but still only a game out of the division lead. Tampa's got two losses. Atlanta's got yep. two losses. The Bucs are the team that everyone sees as the favorite here. They look vulnerable. I know they lost to the Chiefs and they lost to the Packers, but you know they didn't exactly look explosive in their two wins. Yeah. Is this division far more open than maybe we thought going into the season with Tampa – sort of penciled in as the runaway favorite?
2: Yeah, I think, Anish, there's something to that. Here, here's the one thing that I would say. That offense last night, from the Bucks' perspective, that's the closest thing that I think to what we anticipated – Is what we saw. And I, and that's kind of a jumbled way of, of describing it, but look, Mike Evans getting suspended a week ago. That obviously was an issue, um, you know, for that football team and and they struggled to generate offense. Godwin getting healthy. That was definitely a good thing. Julio Jones being out on the football field. I mean, hell, you know, two weeks ago, Cole Beasley, they signed him off the street and he's getting, you know, a catch on the first play of the game. So I, I'm more concerned about the offensive line. I think the Chiefs are a really good football team, but I still feel like the Bucks defense is elite. And, you know, Anish, maybe we have this conversation in week seven, eight, nine, as the Bucks offense rounds into form offensively. I think the bigger issue for them is what's the effectiveness of their run game? Because, you know, three total yards in that loss last night like that's that's a problem and to me that's a red flag
3: yeah they basically decided at one point we're done we're, we're not going to run the ball we'll just yep. throw it every down and uh yeah they still scored 31 points the chiefs ended up winning mike yam from the nfl network uh, shedding some light on the 49ers and, and going big picture with us mike appreciate you joining us here on panther talk
2: you guys are the best appreciate the invite
3: all right mike Thanks yam like- thank you uh, when we come back, Jim, you had a chance to catch up, put the NFL's all-time leading rusher. We're going to hear about that.
7: He was in the house yesterday. Uh, of course, known for the Cowboys years, but the last two years with with the Arizona Cardinals, he was in town filming some commercials. And uh, Emmett Smith was here. Had a chance to interview him, and Eugene and I got the chance to hang out mm-hmm. for parts of the game with him yesterday as well. So I interview's coming up next. So elusive.
3: Uh, yeah, that'll so be insane. fun to listen to. So if you missed it yesterday, you'll have a chance to catch it when we come back, Jim Zoki with Emmett Smith on the Carolina Panthers radio network.
5: This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers.
0: Obviously, I'm frustrated with the fact that we're one and three. Um, I mean, that's, that's it, though. Hey, we're four weeks into the year. You know, we can sit here and let you guys pile on us, or we're going to come together as a locker room. That's exactly how we're going to handle it. I don't really care about the fact that our fans are booing or what's going on. We're going to figure it out. And when we win, It'll still be just us in the locker room, and that's really all I care about. So we're going to be just fine.
5: This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
7: Great to catch up with Pro Football Legend, Hall of Famer Emmett Smith, NFL's all-time rushing leader. Emmett, for you, like what do you, most of your time? How do you spend most of your time these days now? Is uh, we know you from Dancing with the Stars back in the day. Your great NFL career. What's uh, what are most of your days like? Most of my
4: days are spent dealing with real estate, family. Um, situations and uh, just managing my life on a daily basis, speaking engagements, travel, all of that. So I am a typical father or, or provider, if you will, that manages his or her schedule accordingly. And so I just have a variety of things that, that I have to deal with, uh, whether it's real estate development or real estate broker services or even um, uh, construction all of those things is part of the equation. And for me, um, that's what I do. And you still live in Dallas, so you're following the Cowboys and all that? I live in Dallas, follows Cowboys as much as I possibly can. Um, love my Cowboys and we will continue to love them forever. <laughs> and that's just the way it is.
7: Now look at Dak Prescott back here in the next few weeks, but Cooper Rush has been doing a good job. What, what do you think about their chances moving forward this season with the team they got?
4: Well. Two things occur when you have a backup quarterback play as well as Cooper Rush is playing. Uh, the team gains more confidence not only in the starting guy, but also in the backup that they actually have. And so if that can continue on, then I think the Cowboys will be fine. Uh, defense is playing well. If we can keep guys healthy. I think that's the key to any off, any um, uh, team success throughout the course of the year and develop that type of uh, consistency that we need to have by eliminating some of the mistakes um, the one thing about the Cowboys team, uh, they've been known for a lot of penalties in the past. If we can alleviate those things so we don't change the field position, possession or also lose possessions, then I think we'll be fine in the long run.
7: Now, we got a pretty good running back when he's healthy in Christian McCaffrey, and you're going to see him play. But what do, what do you think about having seen him play in the past that uh, maybe makes his game unique, or what do you think about his abilities?
4: There's no doubt he has the ability to be a top-notch running back in the National Football League, no doubt. Uh, again, I'm going to go back to that word health. Health is the key to anybody, anyone's success in the National Football League. You have to be available in order to allow your talents to shine in the way that they should be able to shine. And the same thing applied for Christian McAfee. Um, great talent. A lot of skill. There's not that many backs in the National Ball League that carries that kind of ability at that position. Alvin Kamara may be the, the next thing closest to it. Debo Samuels yeah, Samuel is the other guy. Then you got the guy down in Atlanta, 84. Patterson. Yeah, those boys, they carry something different. And that's the mode that Christian McCaffrey sits in, in my opinion, along with Alvin Kamara.
7: How were you able to stay healthy and play as long as you did in this league back in the day?
4: I would just say, good fortune, grace, and mercy. Um, there's, I mean, I got dinged up. I mean, shoulder in New York Giants, ankle in '96, '97, uh, broke my hand, all those kind of things. Got concussions, stuff like that. That occurs throughout the course of the game, but. I attribute my success and my longevity to God's grace and mercy because it is what it is. I mean, it's a physical game. Um, I can't tell you why and how I did prepare myself physically. I didn't go in every season out of shape. I was in great physical shape every season. But I can't tell you why I was able to stay and last as long as I was.
7: Emmett, great to visit with you. I hope you have a great stay here in Charlotte, and we'll catch you again down the road. Yes, sir. Thank you. More Panther talk coming up after this.
5: Panthers football is heard exclusively on the Carolina Panthers radio network.
7: Touchdown, Carolina Panthers!
5: Join us next Sunday as the Panthers host the San Francisco 49ers. Kickoff on the network is set for 405. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help.
6: The most important thing first is to watch the tape, take it one step at a time. Um, you know, each play has a life of its own. We just need to stop beating ourselves. It's any given Sunday every week. Today we didn't, we didn't play well enough to win. That
5: doesn't mean that next week we won't. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network
3: broadcast rounded table is brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean with Try Clean Sitgo Gasoline. Sitgo Let's Go Together with Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson. And A. Shrofus Panther Talk continues. If you listened to that last segment, you heard Jim's interview with Emmett Smith. Eugene Robinson is uh, smarting over here. Um, <laughs> yeah. did, did
1: we did we bring up some old stuff? Oh my goodness, man! Absolutely. This I'm telling you, Emmitt Smith is one of the most elusive backs. It's like he would never let you get a good shot on him, even when I know that he's in the the B gap. And I'm like, he's going to come out of the B gap. I'm about to knock this dude in the next week. You get ready to hit him, and he he makes you miss. I mean, only a couple of guys do uh, who do that: Barry Sanders, uh, Marcus Allen. Um, Eric Dickerson, the ability to make you miss when you're right there. And so you can't go for a full hit. You just got to make the tackle or a gang tackle or push him to somebody else to help you make the tackle. That's how good Emmett is. And so I'm glad I don't have to face that man. And I'm a good tackler, dude. I've got – I'm telling you. <laughs> I was I'm waiting wanted, for that part. I, wanted, look, I was I'm, waiting for that part. Dude, I am one of the better tacklers in the National Football League. I'm telling you right now. All right, I got. I like over, how keep that in the current uh, test okay. so as well. I got over 1,400-something tackles. All right? And I'm telling you, that dude, Emmett Smith, was I'm like, dang it, he made me feel like a toddler, like I never tackled anybody. <laughs> well he, he like, is the
7: all time rushing leader in I, the I NFL. know.
1: And he and Barry Sanders would make guys who were really good, John Lynch, myself, a number of guys, Vince C. Glenn, all these guys, they make him look like you never tackled. I got ever, one for like,
7: you. So we know the big names. You mentioned Dickerson, Barry Sanders. Who's a guy that we would know obviously, but uh, it maybe doesn't get his due, like a running back that you just Barry had fits Word. With. That's
1: that's Kansas, what City City Chief, Word. Wow. Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Barry Word. Everybody talked about Christian McCoy. Yeah, the right? Nigerian nightmare. Man, yeah, but i am telling you, Barry Word Barry Word hit Ronnie Lott one time. And I tell you what, he sent Ronnie Lott on a, like, we were watching the film. We was like, man, oh, man, that was Lott. And Lott got up shaky, right? And I was like, that's Barry Word. And we knew that you hit Barry Word, you better hit him low <laughs> because if he – Put those big shoulders on you. He's about to take you in the next week. I know Chris McCoy was a guy, mm-hmm. but Barry Word was one of the best running backs, hard running backs in the league. Woo! All right, my did, goodness, Jim. For real, did, did you think
3: he was going to say Barry Word? No, that's what I wanted to ask. I <laughs> was wondering. <laughs> I knew we know Bettis, the name. Ironhead uh, yeah, Word.
1: Yeah, Jerome right? Bettis. Those guys. Are, I'm just telling. You, I I was in the NFC, uh, AFC West, and I we faced Kansas City, San Diego, the Raiders. All the time in, in Seattle and and in Chargers and Barry Word was by far one of those guys like oh man get ready you, you better bring your lunch gang tackle this dude because this dude's about to here's a you guy
7: heart. as a fan watching your era of football especially that always stood out to me that probably didn't get doesn't have the longevity in people's minds is James Brooks See, I wish James Brooks as a oh my yeah.
1: goodness, Cincinnati and James Brooks only weighed 185 pounds right and we were playing in Seattle playing those guys Cincinnati he ran through one of the the defensive ends, like, just ran through. And I remember he was playing against the Giants one day and they got an interception and the, and, the, and the linebacker was running down the field. And James Brooks hit that dude so dang hard and we was all going like that. That's James Brooks for you. That dude is, like, uncanny in the way he runs and uncanny in the way he hits. He should have been a safety. That's how good he was because he could hit so hard and he was a hard man to bring down, a hard guy to attack. And the only way to buck 85. Mm-hmm. All right, so since we're going down I'm the sorry, 90s okay, vault, go. I, I got, <laughs> I got go.
3: two more for you. I got two more for you. I, I, I want to know now. One, uh, former Rams running back, Cleveland Gary.
1: Cleveland Gary. Oh, my goodness. Very, like, just. Low reminds, to the ground, good, right? And he reminds me a lot because well, he had great balance, man. I mean, I like to see a running back, good peripheral vision and great balance. Like, it's hard to knock him off the feet. I'll tell you another guy who you probably want to think about it. Adrian Morrell. Mm-hmm. Adrian Morrell, when he was playing with the Jets and the Cardinals, was like, no dude, this dude's got this, like, he, he just, you know, Tim McDonald would say the same thing. I bet you Steve Atwater would say the same thing, like, dude, this guy's got great balance and and just keep, they stay on their feet. Gary, they stay on their feet and low to the ground, it's hard to make a tackle on these guys. The NFL guys like Christian McCaffrey, Kamara, those guys are elite. They are that good. You think as a regular fan, oh, I can make a tackle against this guy? No, you can't. (laughs) They will make you miss in a little phone booth. That's how good they are. And their peripheral vision and their balance is just uncanny and impeccable. That's why I love Christian McCaffrey. He has an amazing, amazing balance and peripheral vision. What about Chris Warren? Chris Warren. I played with Chris Warren in in Seattle, a big man who can run. I mean, he can run. But my claim to fame, I remember hitting Chris Warren – when we played them, when I was playing for the Green Bay Packers, because he does this little sidestep thing he does, and I know the screen's coming. And so that screen was coming. And I was like, oh, screen's coming. He doesn't see me, and I, end up, I took him out. I, I got you, Chris. That was one of Chris his, Ward, I got you. But dude, you scored a test on me?
7: One of his 1,400 tackles, by the
1: I like. know, yeah, it was. <laughs> 1,452, I think. <laughs> I,
3: I like wish that. people I listening know. could have seen Eugene smile. He lit up as he got into that story. You started that story, you said, I got something. I got dude, something. You lit up.
1: I tell you, I, I love, I love Emmett Smith and I love Barry I love watching guys who are good at their craft do what they do and do it at a high level. And it's, it, it is amazing, and particularly at the running back position because I think it's so poetic. It's such a statement position that can really turn the tide of a game. And I just absolutely love those type of caliber players. And real
7: quick, we get to meet a lot of – Big name, celebrity, all-time players. Emmett was here at the game yesterday again. What a great, genuine guy to yes. hang out with. Is just a regular, down-to-earth human being. That was just like because some guys have that presence. They don't want to talk. They want to be left alone or whatever. He was just in the middle of whatever was going on. Yeah, he, he was. With just and everybody. he was so
1: nice and so to everyone. He was genuine to everyone, and you gotta love that.
3: Yep. Yeah. Emmett Smith, uh, if you heard it. Uh, it was on the pregame show or uh, postgame show yesterday, right? Yes. Yeah, postgame show yesterday, and then we had it um, in the previous segment, and Eugene Robinson still salty, couldn't get clean lips. I can't get a
7: hit on that dude, man. You tried yesterday I in I the sweep, but it didn't go with that well. <laughs> I got a, a bowl of chips.
1: <laughs> I <did. laughs>
3: Hey, let's talk about the Panthers running game when we come back on Panther Talk. You're listening to the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
5: Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.
3: I know the name of the show is Panther Talk, but (laughs) we've gone down a rabbit hole, and Eugene Robinson continues to have stories. So before we move on, and and I promise we will talk Panthers here, but you have to get into this one that you told us during the break. We were talking about all these running backs that you tackled and the ones that you didn't like tackling. Well, there was one from your era, Bo Jackson. We know how physical he is. We know the play, the, the signature play in the NFL where he runs over Brian Bosworth on Monday Night Football. You were on that Seahawks team. Tell the folks
1: about the <laughs> about the business decision that you made. Yeah, because I had to get away on that one because Bo Jackson ran through Boz and I'm next, but he ran through on the touchdown. But before that, prior to that, Bo Jackson was running the ball. Marcus Allen was coming to block me. So, I, you know, I grabbed Marcus Allen, throw him down. I'm like, yeah, I got Marcus Allen down on the ground. I look up, Bo Jackson's coming at me full speed. I try to pick Marcus back up to take this blow. All right? Didn't happen. Bo Jackson ran through me, took his knee. Hit me in the stomach. I hit the ground. I could hear this. That was the back of my head hitting the <laughs> turf as he was dragging me. And I'm like, oh, Bo, just fall down. His foot gets caught in my helmet. Turns my helmet. Everything goes black. I get up. I turn my helmet. I'm walking back. The skin from my knee down to my ankle is gone. Good. That god-awful turf. Mm-hmm. I'm walking back. People are booing me in my own state. Boo, you suck, Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> you stink. You stink, <laughs> As I'm going back, I get to the huddle. Dudes are laughing go like this. Yo, Bo just ran you over. <laughs> dude, wait till you see the film on that, dude. He just ran you over. I'll tell you what. That is Bo Jackson. I It is immortalized in my head. And But I would say this. About four or five plays later, I made a tackle on Bo Jackson. It changed the way I played because I was afraid. I was scared. I didn't want to be out there. He was running left. The defense didn't get him. The corner didn't get him. It was up to me. I made this. Routine tackle on the sideline. Bo Jackson ain't even thinking about it. However, for me, it changed in 1987, 86, whatever that year was, because I made a tackle on Bo Jackson, and it changed the way I played. And then I was like, if I could do that against him, I could do that against anybody. And I know he don't even remember the tackle, but I remember just making a tackle where I was afraid to make a tackle against one of the best running backs I've ever. Bo Jackson was no joke. Yeah, that's a great story. Marcus Allen broke my jaw, too, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he that's did. That's not fair they were on the same back. I know, it wasn't fair at all. This you should be a, paying you know. Jim and us. This is a therapy session. Oh, my goodness.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, now We, we have to pay was, him a speaker's yeah. fee for doing the entertainment oh, no, part of goodness. the my goodness. Me and Marcus Allen, we talk about that when we see that, about he broke my jaw, man. I'm like, dude, uh, incredible player. You okay? Right. I'm good, man. You going to be good. okay? I'm going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Well, we got about man. seven
3: more minutes here. Yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. So, Jim, you brought it up with Coach earlier, and Matt Rule said it at his press conference today. They want to run the ball more. They want to get the running game going. To do that, though, you got to stay on the field, mm-hmm. and you got to get first downs. And that's kind of been the issue, third down conversions. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the disparity in time of possession. I'm just kind of looking at these four games against Cleveland Panthers had the ball almost 17 minutes less than the Browns. Against the Giants, about 11 minutes less. Even against the Saints. 17 they won, minutes. 17 minutes against the Cardinals. Ugh. The play disparity starting from week one. Minus 24, minus 16, minus 5, minus 19. Wow. That equation's got to change. And, you
7: know, your best player is Christian McCaffrey. But, Eugene, from what we're seeing, i, I got to believe teams are really game planning about spying on him, taking him out putting stuff up along the line of scrimmage, saying we will take our chances on you throwing over the top of us, and uh, and we're going to stop not only the, the, the running the game, but the short passing attack, which he also is good at. But he had nine catches, 81 yards, which is solid, but it wasn't any big spectacular breakout plays there. I feel like, you know, it, talking about playing in a phone booth, I feel like, almost yes. like that's why the defense is playing the offense right and now. And they
1: limit the field. They, they've done that because we've been relegated to the out route and the screen. And if you're spying Christian McCaffrey, which I would definitely, all oh, defense is spying Christian McCaffrey to make sure that if he gets the ball, we corral this guy and make sure that we tackle him. They're doing that. And then they're saying, okay, Baker, throw over these trees. You know, throw that's, the, that's the other part of it, right?
3: Football works in complimentary fashion. Our team's just saying, all right, we're not going to let Christian McCaffrey beat us. We want to see if this passing game can beat us.
1: If that's the passing game can beat it. And here it is. And, and evidenced by the number of block knockdowns that you've had, it's 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 very very tough for you to go ahead and keep something that's sustainable. Hence, the third down uh, conversion is abysmal, if you will.
7: All right. Well, speaking of uh, injuries, besides uh, Eugene's uh, ego and uh, <laughs> right portion about of skin on his leg, injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina. At any of Ortho Carolina's 40 locations, you'll receive the absolute highest level of orthopedic care possible from your first appointment to your full recovery and all points in between. couple of hamstring injuries, Jeremy Chin leaving in the first half with a hamstring. LaVisca Chenault turns out the hamstring was not the hamstring he was dealing with last week. It was the other hamstring. Ouch. So now he got two hamstrings. Uh, we all have two hamstrings, but his are both hurt. Ortho Carolina, better choice, official team physician of the Carolina Panthers.
3: All right, thank you, Jim. One more segment to do here on Panther Talk. We'll step aside. And, uh, yeah, Eugene, you need a, you need a Kleenex here in the break? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. N.A. Shrop, Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson getting ready to wrap up uh, this Monday, October 3rd edition of Panther Talk. Carolina's got the 49ers coming up this Sunday. Listen, the good through four games has been the defense. This is a defense now where you're starting to see guys emerge. Derek Brown and Frankie Louvu
1: oh, look like they are having their star turn. Yes, they are. The, though, Derek Brown specifically, I love the way he comes off the ball and he punches you with those 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 mitts, man, and gets you off and gets penetration in the backfield. And then Frankie Louvu looked like I I don't know if it's more of like a a shack or a TD. But he's so dang fast, he's always around the ball. He's always making a statement. And the fact that he's doing that, that was what the, we were missing at the linebacker position where the linebacker position for historically been a position where you you got to have a great guy there. Frankie Louva is emerging to be that guy. I mean, it's
7: amazing. I mean, every week it's wow. uncanny. Last year it was uncanny. I mean, you're right, special teams and defense like that. Brian Burns had three tackles for loss. You mentioned Jeremy Chin is injured, but this defense, Anish, I mean, it really has the potential, I think, to be really special, like top 10 in the league kind of a defense here. If we could just get some other points. stuff going
3: on the other side of the ball. Score points. <laughs> yeah, just give them a, a little bit of a break. If the offense can piece together some longer drives so they don't get worn out, which has been the case in three of these four games. And Luvu, Whew. starting with week two against the Giants, four TFLs, 10 tackles, forced the fumble yes, against the Saints, which... Mm-hmm. Marquise Haynes picked up and led to a scoop and score. And then this past week he's got the interception and he's got a pick six. And oh, by the way, he almost had a pick against the Giants yes, as he well. Did.
1: And don't forget that interception, when he got the interception, he made a nice move to fake out the, the receiver who thought he was about to make a, a tackle on him. He just saw a nice muscle. Oh man, that Frankie Luva got moves like that. Very good moves. Beast. Frankie Luva turning
3: into a special player yes, on this Panther is. defense. Again, that final component. Is the offense, especially the passing game, can they get it going this Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers? Please, please get it going. Yeah, and if you want to watch the next opponent, the next two opponents, you can tonight. Monday Night Football, 49ers and the L.A. Rams. That's who the Panthers play in Week 5 and Week 6.
5: This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule brought to you by Atrium Health because you deserve to live your best life and we're here to help. Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio
0: Network.